gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Cincy Brewcast. I'm the Gnarly Gnome. Um, we've got another good one. We Not that there aren't ones, there, there, not that there are ones that aren't good, or that I would tell you aren't good, but um, this is a fun one. We've got a, a fun little lineup to drink, and one of my favorite people to sit down and talk to, Michael Amon from uh, from Adina Distributing. Welcome back. Thank you, Gnome. Appreciate it's, it. Good to be back. It's been a little while. I always... As soon as I start every single show with somebody, I want to know when the last time they were on, and yet I never look beforehand, and so now I don't I don't know when the last episode was. Was it? I think it was on the phone for the pandemic. Yes, right, right, yeah. right at the beginning, so around right. like March or April, somewhere around there, maybe. Yeah, um, I remember being uh, having a few nervous beers and uh, talking <laughs> on the phone, uh, you know, and um, we're still here, though. <laughs> we're still kicking. It, it, it has shocked me how well everybody seems to have navigated through this and i don't know if it's just the industry uh, you know craft beer being kind of a a scrappy industry in general and just able to adapt to those things or um just sheer dumb luck or i have no idea but speaking on all sides of this industry for for craft beer i think the scrappiness is definitely a factor the way we can adjust what we're doing on the, you know kind of on the fly being a bit smaller being you know having kind of a lot of this stuff isn't the way these businesses are run aren't isn't the same way they were designed like right. you know so we already had to change our business model from when we first started and when we first started talking so i think a lot of the places were like all right you know what we never thought that we were gonna do x y and z and now this pandemic's here we need to make people feel safe we need to keep people safe yeah. Uh, and we, but we need to also figure out how we're going to keep our doors open. And I think you saw that with online, you saw that with home deliveries, you saw that with, um, you know, people are starting to kind of get events going back, making sure people are keeping their distance. And, um, you know, and I think it's a lot of, it's just been, you know, people are buying a lot of beer, uh, anyway. So you're still able to, they're still able to get a lot of business out there. I mean, we've had, um, I mean, when we had that conversation, business was very bad, uh, but it's, uh, on the package side, it's been very, uh, it's been very strong. Good, so good. It's it, been, you know, people talk about when things go back to normal and I'm making air quotes for anybody that, you know, is everybody that's listening, <laughs> you know, it, it, people talk about when things are going to go back to normal. And I think the the really crazy part about all of this is that it's not going to go back to normal. Like we're seeing changes within this industry that are going to be changes that we see forever in some way. And maybe it's, you know, maybe it'll, it'll still shift and change a little bit and look different um, in a year from now than it does now. But you're seeing these breweries, you know, change the, the way that they do things. And um I don't know. I don't know. No, I mean, I think you're right. And, uh, I mean, the industry was not static before March 15th, 2020. Right. We had a lot of changes already coming. And people have already had to adapt and change the way they were doing things. Um, so I think that the pandemic has kind of, in some ways, staved off, you know, some of those market headwinds that perhaps people were, perhaps people were facing. But I think it's also exacerbated um, them as well. So it'll yeah. be interesting to see how that plays out. We should drink a beer. Definitely. Because it's, you know, beer podcast. From the beer fridge. what we do. I, uh, out here. It's actually going to get a fancy one, uh, but I just, <laughs> I 
I forgot it. So I got this uh, wooden cask one. What do we want to start out with? Uh, that's up to you. All I right. can tell you that that one right there is going to start a conversation. Let's start this conversation. We <laughs> very can come back to the have. pandemic <laughs> conversation. Uh, so this is wooden casks pumpkin. One of, uh, I would say, I would put it in the top, I'll say top three pumpkin beers for me in the city. Who are the city. other two? Um, I'm a, I, I'm a huge fan of the Taft's one this year, the Frisch's pumpkin pie. Oh yeah. Straight up pumpkin beer. Like there's no, you know, kind of clever, you don't have to play to the camera. Oh. People don't even know that it's there. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure if it was. No. I was like, let's face this towards the camera that apparently is not running. Uh, no, it's running. Oh. So eventually you will start seeing little tiny clips of this show pop up on YouTube as part of this big push into video that I am doing. But you probably will never see full episodes of this on there, except from t- from like rare like special occasions. Okay, um, that's good. So if I like, that's yeah, why it's if there. I adjust myself or something like that, no one yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, so Taft's wooden cask and then I'm a huge fan of Swine City's also I think that is one of the things that Swine City does really really well is their pumpkin beers and they roll out all kinds of fun uh, variants of it and stuff all season long and well into the the tail end of fall and they just keep going with it and I kind of like that I kind of like owning the the, the pumpkin thing and and really leaning into it those, those are probably my top three I think and then in an hour, I'll think of another one. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, this was really fun when he started brewing this, what, like, two years ago? It was yeah. We, those- did, we had a draft in 2018, I think. And then they packaged yeah. it last yes. year. Um, and I don't know if they had done it before then. But, um, yeah, um, it's a phenomenal beer. I really like that it, it's not overpowering with the spices. It is a spice-forward uh, pumpkin oh, beer. so good. Yeah, so this is wooden cast pumpkin ale. Um, and uh, it, what is nice about it is, I mean, it, it is a lower ABV. Um, it does have uh, the, you know, the cinnamon, the spice, and that kind of stuff. There's not really a lot of gourd flavor, which I do like in some right. beers, but, I mean, it's not a – and it's not a syrupy, sweet beer at all. I guess it is easier – as is often the case with wooden cast, easier to say what uh, isn't in it. You know, it, it's a very simple, straightforward, clean uh, well, it's, it's, pumpkin spice beer. To me, it's kind of like a it's like a multi amber ish kind of beer, just with some spices thrown in. So even if, and I'm not encouraging people to do this, but if you buy a whole bunch of it right now and you stash it in the back of your fridge, it's not. I mean, it will change how it tastes in, you know, months. But mm-hmm. if you find one in there, it, it doesn't it doesn't get bad. It just well, you, changes what have, it yeah. is. I, I, I would recommend drinking this. I mean, the ways the way the spices are balanced, uh, you know, I would not like to let a cinnamon right. like, beer so sit for too long. I'm not no encouraging how, people no how well, to do yeah. this. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I mean, there, it is brewed with some pumpkin. So you're, you are going to have, you know, that that can kind of fall out. Um I would recommend drinking fresh, but you're right. I mean, it's not going to be, you're not going to have hops falling out of it. It's not going to go uh, stale or something right. like that. Uh, it is a pretty robust beer with it, a, with its small character. It and and most of the pumpkin beers that I tend to like is, to me, it's perfect with food. 
Um, mm-hmm. So if you're still drinking pumpkin beer in November for Thanksgiving, it's perfect for Thanksgiving dinner to me. Um, it's just such a good beer. I love this beer yeah. so much. You, you'll have to if stock still up if you it. want to drink it in, in Thanksgiving, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, we're out. We're out. We have, uh, you can go back. The only place you're going to find it is in uh, in that little sample section. That's that we crazy. Went back to. Yeah, it's, that is, uh, it's completely gone. Um, I was surprised at a few um, things like that, that like, uh, when we were doing the Oktoberfest stuff a few weeks back, I realized how I was, I was really low on Saunders Oktoberfest. It's like, that's fine. I'll just grab some at, at the, the big beer store by my mm-hmm. house. And I walked in and I'm looking, I'm like, Oh my God, there's none here. And I went and asked, you know, Ferd and I'm like, Ferd, where's, where's Saunders Oktoberfest? And he's like, I think there's one six pack left. And he walked, he's like, Nope, it's gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> Like it's, you know, we're not even, we're not even close to the end of September and it's gone. Yeah. I mean, but we, I mean, our account, I had account tell me, um, that they're not taking any more pumpkin beer. Yeah. They're like, they're not going to, no, we're not going to take any more. We got all we want. And so, I mean, not that it mattered to me because so we're out of ours. So. That, that brings up the, the topic that mm-hmm. I want to dig into. And that's the, this idea of seasonal creep and right. w- what it means and why it exists. If it exists, um, there's lots of very vocal people on online on 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 the web yeah. that as soon as the first pumpkin beer hits a shelf or the first Oktoberfest or Christmas beer mm-hmm. seems to only be this time of year nobody cares if a pilsner is on in January but you know for some yeah. reason these styles people throw a shit fit about and they talk oh it's earlier and earlier every year before <laughs> you know we're going to be drinking pumpkin in May and um First off, do you think it is a thing? Do you think that we're seeing these earlier and earlier every year? I, I'm, no, we're not. Um, at least, I mean, depends on on what timeline. You know, I, I don't. I guess that in the uh, 17th century, they were made <laughs> at the um, uh, when uh, during the pumpkin harvest. So that would be yes, we are seeing them earlier than the 17th century. Um, on the other hand, uh, I don't know if. I can only go back as far as I've been in the industry. Um, I was a merchandiser at Ohio Valley. Uh, which what year are we talking here? 2012. Okay. Um, that was my first year. We uh, launched the, um, I think, Sam Adams Harvest Pumpkin and Post Road Pumpkin on July 15th. Um, and uh, I asked, why are we doing it so early? They're, they said, well, um, that's when, you know, our brewers have them for us. That's when our customers want them. Uh, and we don't want to be stuck with them when it's, uh, you know, in October and, th- and November when no one really wants them. I mean, right. people can pretend, but a lot of times those people don't drink pumpkin beers anyway, <laughs> <laughs> to be frank. I mean, it's like, why are we seeing these? Well, well that's because that's when the people who buy pumpkin beer want to buy it. Uh, I mean, there's no conspiracy. Um, it's just, and it's just, everyone's doing it because that's when everyone's buying it. Um, and I, I think actually this year we they came out a, a lot of the bigger uh, brewers I think came out a little bit later and I don't know why there was some speculation that they thought that there that for some reason it was going to be better to release them a little bit later. We I mean we're small we're easy. Um, I talked to Karen and Randy I said we're going to need this uh, we're going to need wooden cask pumpkin uh, you know before august and they it's like all right so they brewed it in the beginning of july and they packaged it at the end of july and we got it at the end of july and it was in stores august 1st i think maybe um 
So and I, I did a little bit of research yeah. on this. And, and by research, I use that term very, very loosely. So first, I, I just did some Googling mm-hmm. and tried to figure out if anybody else has done research. So I could just piggyback on theirs. Um, and I could find a couple things. There was a guy that wrote an article, and I should probably made a note of what it was it'll be in the show notes oh, click on great. the show notes and i'll put a link to his his research on it um and he used um google search and used that as a way to analyze when people were looking for these seasonal things so when they were searching for pumpkin beers and when they were searching for Oktoberfest. oh wow and it did so the the peak pumpkin interest was in 2013 and it was a buildup before that and then kind of a steady downturn after that there was um increased searches every year on almost every seasonal except pumpkin (laughs) pumpkin (laughs) stayed almost exactly the same um whereas um kind of normal styles of beer always kind of stayed pretty um pretty level but um, pumpkin for some reason was the only one that did not get earlier each year but this was not a measurement of when things are actually being released mm-hmm. so i quickly i tried to think of a way i could just kind of look and see if we were seeing any of that around here and i just picked you know a beer that i i knew had been released a bunch um in packaging over the last couple of years and just pulled up my notes on it. And so I, I just chose uh, October, October, Oktoberfest from Taft's okay. um, because I knew it's been in packaging every year that it's been out. And um, it has been released on almost the exact same day <laughs> every single year. Yeah. It has not shifted at all. And then that's, that's Oktoberfest versus pumpkin, but I think they both kind of fall into the same conversation. So I, I don't think it's a real thing that they're being released earlier ever i think they've just always kind of been released um mid to late july and that's you know it gives them about three months to get off of shelves when people just stop drinking them i think it's just really really simple math to me if you've got oktoberfest left over in you know in in october people aren't going to want it (laughs) which is after not and i don't even think oktoberfest is as bad as pumpkin pumpkin very clearly if it is after halloween people Mm -hmm. won't touch it yeah. They, they, they don't want it at all and <laughs> i don't understand why um christmas beer i think is kind of the same way oh if yes. you hit you know or december 26th all of a sudden you don't want christmas beer anymore <laughs> that's that, that's also true and, or winter beer by the way people in january don't want to be reminded that it's still winter right and i think that that's maybe that's part of what all this is about is that an Oktoberfest or a pumpkin beer is maybe a little bit more enjoyable when you're at the end of summer and you're looking forward to the fall versus when you're already in the fall and you are ready for the next, you're ready for that next season. You want to bring that next season in versus celebrate what's here. I, I don't know. I, I mean, there's a reason why summer shandy comes out like February 1st. It's cause <laughs> like, all right, if it's 45 degrees out, everyone's wearing shorts and drinking summer. Shandy. Right. It's, it's not a, an asper. It's more of an aspirational thing instead of a, uh, having a, um, you know, like, oh, this is perfect. It is Thanksgiving, and I am enjoying pumpkin pie and pumpkin ale, you know, and <laughs> right. we're, you know, it just, it doesn't, it's just not how consumer behavior works, and I would love it if, you know, everyone was using real uh, pumpkins and, you know, waiting for the harvest, and then we all drank them, like, for two weeks and then stopped, um, but that's just not, people. We, don't, it's, it's hard to organize People don't really that kind of want stuff. that, though. Like, that's, yeah. you know, and, and maybe on, like, a really small scale is, like, a special thing that a small brewery is doing. Maybe you could get away with that, but the way a lot of these beers are released, especially when you're talking about the big guys, mm-hmm. it's just not possible. Like, you no. just can't do stuff like that. It's, I, I don't know. But 
though that same year that I like the first year I was there, uh, Thirsty Dog was going to do just that, and then we ended up not even getting it. Um, I don't know what happened to it, but they were going to do like, oh, we're going to harvest this pumpkin. It's to be real harvest pumpkin. Everyone's going to, you know, love it. Uh, it was called. Um, it wasn't. Uh, it had some pun with. Uh, you can probably put that in the show notes. The it had some pun on uh, dog. Uh, um, and I think it was like something to do with a great pumpkin and a dog. But anyway, we were all excited about getting it. I was, you know, looking forward to like, oh, finally, you know, it was a real pumpkin. And then it never ended up coming because uh, I guess I don't know why, but I assume because it just, it took too long to actually be released. Well, and it could just be, you know, how much they got out of it. It could be. Yeah, I don't, um, I mean, I don't want to speculate, but uh, I mean, it might have just been like, we're not getting any more fucking pumpkin beers. <laughs> uh, let's see. I'm seeing... probably a very poor maybe it never even got made i don't, I don't <clears> know <throat> i mean it was but that's not even that can't be right um yeah maybe i'll put it in the show notes if i remember to put it in the show notes i'll forget <laughs> about that one sometimes i go back and i listen to episodes and i say like nine things that i said i was going to put in the show notes and I'm like, oh shit i didn't put that in there. oh crap i didn't put that in there oh no <laughs> Yeah, I wonder, has anyone ever called you out on it and said, like, oh, no. well, this is supposed to be in the show notes? No, and, and so yesterday, I mean, not for when you're actually listening to this, I have no idea how these shows are actually going to be um, spaced out as far as what, what week each one is going to be on, but I was at Higher Gravity yesterday, and um, we were talking about, I said I was going to put something in the show notes, and uh, I think it was Jason that said, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and never once looked at show notes <laughs> I'm like oh my god I didn't even think that people weren't actually doing that I just figured everybody did and like you know if you wanted to see something that we were talking about you click on the link but um, now I'm like dying to know how many people look at show notes versus not <laughs> I need to find a way to uh, do some kind of research well you have to put some kind of easter egg in the show that's, notes that's this what time. I was going to start yeah. hiding things in there for people and then when people go there and realize you didn't put an easter egg in there that'll be the easter egg <laughs> Um, so I seasonal creep, yeah, maybe kind of real, but not. And do we even care? I think is the bigger thing. Does anybody really give a shit when something comes out, or is it the people that aren't even drinking that that are just complaining about something for the sake of complaining about something? Yeah, I, I think that's definitely the case because I mean the, the people who are actually selling the beer are you know t- they're complaining about it. Uh, this stuff still being around. If you went out and tried to sell a pumpkin beer today, you would get a lot of. Uh, you, you, they look at you like you had three heads. I just don't like if you. Wanted- and that's, it's September, the mid-September right now. <laughs> whenever the show airs in mid-September, if you tried to sell pumpkin beers, people would be like, "We already got them. It's if, gone." If you only want to drink pumpkin beer in October, why can't you just go and buy it? when you see it on the shelf and then stash it in the back of your fridge. And then when it's October, just pull it out and drink it. And then yeah, you don't, don't have to go back. Like it's, don't I, make me sit on the inventory. You can, make, you can, you can, you can, you can no get sense that. At all. You can, you can hold on to that. You can tie your money up in pumpkin beer for a month and a half. <laughs> and, and then, you know, it, you can enjoy it at your leisure. Like no one's forcing you, them down your throats. Probably an easier way to do it. Cause then you don't have to stress out about trying to find the pumpkin beer you want. You just, you get it when it's there and then it's just, sitting in your fridge for you yeah i actually tried to find uh Einger oktoberfest this year and i could not um because it was already gone i think i i don't know if it even came out this year i don't we, know if i saw it it had to have come out it just yeah. maybe not i don't know if it i don't know how much was out there because well, i i it wasn't at clifton market or at higher gravity so one thing that i can safely say now after drinking a lot of oktoberfests this year 
So you don't need to search out Anger or Polliner <laughs> or any of these great Oktoberfests because we've got really good ones here in Cincinnati and there's, there, there is no need to do it anymore. And I will f- stand firm on that now. <laughs> All right. <that's> fine. <laughs> um, do we want to still go on the, the COVID talk or we want to move on um, and just, you know, no, we can definitely talk about that. Cause I think it is, um, you know, I think that when we're, we're talking about just kind of the beer industry in general, um, you know, I I think that we're we're talking about just breweries, but the big thing, uh, I mean, draft beer sales is, are uh, of craft beer are very important to the craft beer industry, in, not just in the breweries and the tap rooms themselves, which obviously it's you know a lifeblood for a lot of breweries. You know, for a lot of places that sell craft beer regularly, they a lot of times they need that profit from from draft beer, and with that, that's been you know, cut in half, cut in a quarter. In some cases, it's really hard to to make uh, the same amount of money you were making with when you're being safe, making sure everyone feels safe and is safe. Um, so I think that I mean, my if I if you're wondering what I'm most concerned about is the breweries, uh, um, the customers that uh, of the of the breweries and of my company, um, making sure that we have places that can be. Uh, you know, good stewards of beer. Because, I mean, everyone's going to be out there for themselves. The, right. um, it'd be nice to have... I shouldn't say that. I don't mean to say that everyone's out there for themselves. But every, everyone... Um, when you have uh, a lot of different beers on tap, I think that you get a different perspective than if you have all you know your beers, only your beers on right. tap. So places... Um, like the, the the bottle shops that also have draft, but also just craft beer bars, places like pizza places that have good beer, um, all that stuff. I mean, I think it's important for the industry to kind of be able to go through that filtering process uh, and kind of get a little bit more unbiased perspective. Um, and I think that that's, I mean, a lot of times when I go out of town, not that I really go out of town that much anymore, <laughs> Um, but I did, I was able to socially distance at a, uh, a place up in Traverse city and I was going to go to one of the breweries, but instead I was like, I'm just going to, they have a place called seven monks. It has all this great beer on tap. I'm just going to go there and I can enjoy a number of different beers and, you know, kind of get, you know, the cream of the crop instead of, you know, frankly, rolling the dice on, on a brewery that we we, don't know. We again, talked about that to a pretty great length at higher gravity where we talked about this idea that especially if you're coming into a town that you aren't familiar with mm-hmm. and you decide you're going to go, we'll just say you're going to go to one place. Like you're, you're rolling the dice. If you walk into just the first brewery that you come across and sit down and, and spend your day drinking there, you might get, you know, a, you know, a couple flights you drink, we'll say eight beers mm-hmm. and you know, maybe there's one or two of them that you really enjoy and the rest of them you're just okay about. Well, now you just drink two pints of beer and, you know, like that's that was your time versus if you go somewhere else where you can talk to somebody that is um, knowledgeable about the local beer scene and knows what, what everything is like and kind of guide you to the things that they, um, they think that you like. You know, it's, you know, there's, there's definitely value in that side of it. For sure. And it's, um, you know, it is easy for me to say that, you know, oh, you know, we need to protect these great customers of mine. But, I mean, as a beer drinker myself, you know, I, I, I do find it more interesting when someone has kind of a curated tap list. Um, and I think that it's, 
it's kind of the the important that you know we are able to kind of you know separate is probably too mean a word but i think that you know the places that are able to kind of you know if you're a brewery you're going to put the beer that you make on tap no matter what it's, know, it's different frankly, experiences yeah. though like sometimes sometimes you want to go and you want to sit at a, a a bar in a tap room and you want to kind of explore and sometimes you want to try things that you might not like just to just to try them you know you might like that that exploration side of going to a tap room sometimes though you don't want to you don't want to waste the beer that you're drinking on a beer that you might not like you you want somebody to help you get the one that is the one that you want so there's just very different oh different experiences i i worry about bar culture right now is Mm -hmm. is where i kind of i'm falling on all this i'm I'm a huge bar fan i love Mm -hmm. bars i love that act of sitting at a bar and talking to people and Talking to strangers, yeah, I think is definitely um, a big, is taking a big hit right now. And hopefully we'll have a space to do that when it's a little bit, you know, more healthy to do that. Oh, yeah, especially in a night like tonight, you know, it's a Thursday night. Um, The Bengals are playing the Browns tonight. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go home and I'm going to sit on the couch and watch it. And that kind of (laughs) sucks. Like that's You know, (laughs) I miss being able to just go to a bar and sit at a bar and eat a bunch of wings and, you know be sad with the people around me if we (laughs) i I miss that sense of um community and like it's you know it's just different now you know and i think that watching a game there are is at least as many memories i have watching a game in a bar than i do actually going to the stadium and i i go you know um often enough to to games uh not recently but um (laughs) it's uh it is i can i can just think of like i remember when we beat Iowa in overtime. I remember what bar I was in to go to the Rose Bowl. Like I remember when, what bar I was in when um, I, uh, you know, when we beat Alabama. At this is Ohio State. Yeah, I was going to say you're definitely not a Bearcats fan. Yeah. So when we, I just remember that. And I remember, but I also, I mean, the sad memories too. I mean, I remember storming out of Zaftig when we. Uh, Lost to for the second time in ten years to the the Steelers in the uh, in the playoffs. I mean, it's um, there's definitely a uh, there's something to be said that's different when you're in a little bit more comfortable area with yeah. more people uh, that you're able to kind of interact with uh, more than just kind of you know shouting and and, and, and clapping <laughs> and stuff like that. Which I do. I mean, yeah. I have some good memories in. Uh, I have maybe it's not as many good memories in Paul Brown as I do in Ohio stadium, but you know, there's, there's definitely some, it's, I, I saw the flip, you know, that was, right. you know, that was nice. You can't see that in a bar, but no. I guess you can, but you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, but it, you know, it just, we're, we're losing that part of, of who we are as, as drinkers right now. And I'm, I'm, I fear that we're losing a part of that for good. Like, I don't know that it's going to go back to the same way it was before as far as as far as bars like yeah. the neighborhood bar is that going to be gone like that i that I idea of a neighborhood bar like yeah we've still got tap rooms and stuff like that but you know is is joe schmo's bar going to exist well i think that's an interesting question because you talk about headwinds um and like especially when you're talking about bar culture um, you know, stuff that existed before COVID, people on their phones, people, right. you know, TVs everywhere. You have, you know, just kind of generally people becoming a little bit less comfortable with talking with to each other. Um, and now you have this whole, you know, COVID thing happening. So in addition to like the obvious 
business threat that this represents. That I think there is also that kind of like, okay, we're going to go, we'll just, t- we'll stay in our little stay pod in and we'll, our bubble. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 you know, maybe the spacing, you know, people kind of get used to that, but I could, think honestly, could it go might the opposite way. To me, finally like, get I'm to go like, back. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm thinking just right now. I mean, I'm not, I, you know, I'm not a humongous, uh, you know, it's been a while since I, I mean, I used to go out, but I mean, with, uh, with the baby and, and everything like that, I've, I've, I was already pretty, pretty well self-quarantined, uh, before this whole thing happened. <laughs> I'm, I really am itching to kind of go into those places and just talk to people you haven't, that you haven't met. Yeah. And, uh, doing it over a beer is one of the best ways to do it. Well, it's, it gives you, it gives you that common thing. And, you know, sports is very similar to that mm-hmm. too, where you go and you sit down and if there's a game on, you automatically have that thing to start talking about. Or if you're both drinking a beer, there's always something to talk about. Oh, what are you drinking? You know? And that's, um, I don't know. I, I definitely think it's going to be different for mm-hmm. my kids when they are of bar age. Um, I just don't know what that is going to look like, but it, it scares me to think about, um, just because yeah, I, I, because I love it so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are we drinking now? What's this next one? We uh, talk this, about this is red rum. This is a Halloween themed beer. Uh, <laughs> it is a rum barrel aged, uh, red ale. Um, we just got this in, uh, recently. So not that much farther, uh, not that far away from Halloween. We probably have, um, maybe about a quarter of what we had picked up left. We might, we might get somewhere. I'm not sure, but it's, uh, from wooden cask. It's a, uh, it's one of their barrel aged beers. It's not like a monster. I think it's 9.4 is what it ended up at. Maybe, maybe a bit less. Um, it's, uh, you know, a little bit sweeter. It's, um, the rum definitely gives it a different character than you would. You're not getting any oak. You're not getting any vanilla. It's, uh, I mean, you can tell me what it's, what, it's yeah. like it, you get that sweet kind of molasses kind of thing going on in the back of it. It's just really well kind of rounded booziness, if that makes sense. Um, I, I think that there was like, there was almost a, I don't want to call it a trend, but there was a thing a couple years back where we saw a lot of rum barrel aged beers mm-hmm. and then everybody kind of shied away from it because they were terrified of the barrels. Mm-hmm. And you, so you don't see a lot of them anymore. And, and Randy is one of those people locally that has stuck with it and is cranking out this. He's made this beer a few times. Mm-hmm. And um, this is I, the first time we've got it. And it's the first time I think it's been in bottles. I think it's the first time yeah. in bottles. But um, it, I, I love the beer. I love mm-hmm. his barrel aged stuff, I think, is just among the best in the city. It is so unique and. Um, I hate calling it balanced because I think it doesn't really tell you about it, but it lets the barrel shine, but still lets the beer have its character too. I think sometimes people lean too heavy in the the barrel character and trying to emphasize that, and he does not do that. He makes a really drinkable beer in a barrel. Yes, def- definitely. And uh, you know, it's hard to get him to do goofy stuff. I'll tell you that. But he has. We we actually got some really really cool stuff coming out. Um, I guess the I last the last yeah. time we sat down there and talked to him, mm-hmm. um, I believe he called it his year of doing shit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> or he was and, just going to try whatever. And uh, <laughs> little did he know it you know, that, that was going to mean. <laughs> <laughs> I know we uh, we got uh, we got um, about two or three really cool stuff that they that they have coming up before the end of the year. Um, that I don't I don't know if I'm allowed to talk, say. Well. They'll be out soon enough. Um, <laughs> they'll be coming out. Actually, I mean, yeah, there'll be a lot of good stuff coming up. I think I can tell you they're they're barrel aging um, a winter beer, so that'll be that'll be neat. Uh, I forget. Um, 
this is why I shouldn't, because I, I can't remember it all off the top of my head. Um, but uh, they, they also I've have a got anything in my notes here that I've I haven't seen. seen it, I haven't seen it in the TTB yet, so I don't even know if there's, I, but I I've seen the labels themselves, but I don't know if I haven't seen it. I haven't seen anyone post it yet. Um, but they they got some really neat stuff. They've they've gotten. There was one kind of barrel that I really wanted them to to get, and they got it, and and that beer is going to be phenomenal. Well, I'm still sitting on some of the, uh, um, uh, the tequila barrel uh, Goza. I still I've just got it sitting in my fridge. I haven't drank mm-hmm. it yet because I'm yeah. waiting for that right now. No one complained about that one coming no, out too early. The <laughs> only thing that I see that I have not seen yet is uh, Kentucky Tweed, the bourbon barrel aged right. English mild. Um, um, that I, I is also coming out. Yeah, I that, haven't seen that one. Uh, that um, I that might be coming out very soon. Actually, I think um, we should be getting that very very soon. There's um, a couple. There's a couple other stuff that's going to be. That's needed. the only things that I've seen. I won't. I we, we you know we we spent. Uh, if anyone hasn't listened to the wooden cask episode where we talked about all the stuff they're going to do and how Randy's experience with. The, the barrel aging, I think that's definitely something someone should check out. Yeah, we'll put a link to the episode put in the show notes. In the show notes, yeah. If I remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, do we want to talk about this new world of seltzer and um, similar easy drinking things that people are doing? I know that everybody's kind of probably groaning in their car right now that <laughs> uh, suggest talking about seltzer again, but... Um, uh, I mean, it, it's, it, I think it's interesting. Um, interesting how? Well, it's interesting in, in, in my complete lack of interest in it, I guess. <laughs> I just... Um, I, uh, but I, everybody says that. Mm-hmm. But yet, it's, if you look at the numbers, it seems like everybody's drinking it. Like, if you oh, look yeah. at... Like, it's clearly a thing, yet nobody that I know really wants to talk about the fact that they are you know sitting by the pool and pounding white claws or vibe or whatever you're drinking um i mean i really i really don't drink a lot of it uh at all part of it's because most of what i drink is just what we carry and we don't carry a seltzer outside of this one i got right here uh that we'll try later um but uh i mean we looked in i mean like two years when we first started we were like well we should see if there's like a craft seltzer out there and just there really isn't um and uh you know the for us, the interest in getting a, you know, a brewery seltzer was not very high on our list. Uh, it doesn't, it didn't seem to me to be something that we would really have a competitive advantage with. Um, what do you, th- what do you think it says about the industry? The fact that seltzer has become so popular? Um, well, I mean, it's, it's not happening in, I mean, seltzer is incredibly popular outside of the craft beer segment. I mean, it's, everywhere so i mean it's eating into everyone's stuff so it's not like i mean wine's taking a hit or getting a chunk of it light beer is getting a humongous chunk of it i mean everyone you know pm uh you know fmbs are doing okay i I imagine um but they are also taking a massive hit uh from seltzer i mean it's taking it's eating eating everyone's lunch so that's like your your mike's hard lemonade Mm kind of stuff yeah Um, the smirnoff ice stuff all of that things that yeah (laughs) it just i i can't i just can't i still can't figure it out of why it's happening the way it is and i I mean i i don't know i mean it's just a it it is i think there's health stuff there's i mean it is a, a flavor profile or lack of flavor profile that they that people are looking for um and i mean again the reason why it's in I think in craft beers, I mean, a lot of people are, um, 
looking for a competitive advantage and they think that biting a piece of uh, this pretty, you know, what I would always hear from people is like, well, you know, like the, the, the segments, like, you know, this many billions of dollars. And if we can just get like 1% of that, that'd be good. I'm like, well, I don't, I, to me, I don't see that happening um, for most people. Well, I mean, I think you can, you can maybe, you know, I, I don't know. I, I guess I'm, I, I am like a, a, a seltzer skeptic when it comes to, to craft beer and I get why people have it. And I, I don't, I'm not like shitting on why people are doing it. Like I, I definitely get the business side of it. Um, but I don't know. Like you could, you could pull a little segment of a very big market. If you put Bud Light on tap next to your beers in your tap room. Yet, oh yeah. But yeah, people aren't okay with doing that so like why is why i don't, I don't really have a, okay and that's what i just can't i can't wrap my head around i don't really why. have a problem with people putting it on their tap room i mean i think that that's and it's only so different than you know having water available for people not to not to be, <laughs> not even to be a jerk about it i'm just saying like you know it's people are going to ask for it um and i, I i've heard the thing that you you know you, the case that you've made that um uh, well people used to go in there and be like i don't like beer and then you could make uh, well, you haven't had this beer yet and make a persuasion argument. I mean, in 2020, a lot of people have had beer, right. you know, and they've been like, all right, you know, I've tried this stuff. It's pretty good, but you know, like this is a diet I'm on, or this is how many carbs I want, or, you know, like this is just, I, I've had beer, I've had seltzer, I like seltzer. And look, I think it's kind of silly in one way, you know, to kind of have a, um, you know, have a tap room, which is supposed to be this beer mecca, be, a you know kind of cater to well okay if you're going to come here and hang out as long as you're here and spending money i we don't care if you buy our beer or you buy someone else's seltzer you buy the seltzer we made i i kind of i but it's just kind of the reality you know there's a reason why everyone's you know not i mean how many people don't have uh wine liquor and seltzer at their tap room right very few you don't think it says some something else about the bigger state of where craft beer is headed though. I mean, we see, you look online and you see all these people drinking these, you know, fruited slushy this or, mm-hmm. you know, smoothie that and um, candy yeah. this and cereal so we, we, that. We sell some of those. Yeah. And, and <laughs> I, I, it's, it's strange to see that happening as much as it is to me. And then you wrap seltzer into that and I'll even throw, um, some of the sour beers that are out there that mm-hmm. I love, I'll, I'll I'll throw some of that into that too. It's it's all this this different, um, it's a candification of, of beer. <laughs> I, I I completely agree with you. Um, I think some of it is, you know, when we started drinking craft beer, like I was thinking, I started drinking Guinness and Sam Adams. When I was like eighteen. Yeah, and it, like, that was that was some bracing stuff. You know, we go from Keystone Light. And high life to, um, you know, that kind of, you're like, but that was almost like what drew you to it. Like, wow, yeah. this is different. And, um, you know, so we kind of, and those are very still classic styles. I think now, I mean, people can go from Bud Light to, you know, Milkshake IPA could be their introductory beer. And that can kind of be, that makes their palate. Like, I'm coming with this because there's sweetness. And I'll tell you this too, even the people who have had everything, there's just, if you see a beer that just says IPA on it from a brewery you've never heard of before, maybe you're, you know, it's, it, you're gonna gla- your eyes are gonna glaze over 
when when the shelves are full of those. So like, oh well, hey, this is actually looks like a cereal that I used to have. Like that, it catches your <laughs> eye, and I it's you know it's it's funny, but you know, and, it, and I think also the fact is that some of these beers sound crazy and sound ridiculous. Um, at least when it comes like with Untitled Art, we get some of the crazy fucking beers in. And then when I actually try them, I'm like, oh, well, actually, I see what they're doing with this. Right. I, it's actually, it's, it doesn't taste that different than just a normal Imperial Stout. It just has a little bit of, you know, pretty strong peanut butter accents or something like that. And it's, you know, I, it even as kind of a beer curmudgeon as I am, like, I'm like, all right, I get why if I right. like things a little bit sweeter how this could be just absolute crack, you know? But that's very different than the stuff that I'm talking about. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right. You're, I'm, I'm saying that there is still degrees in, in there you're, are. you're talking there, there about. There definitely are. And, like, I don't have a problem with somebody putting cereal in a beer, mm-hmm. or I don't, even, I don't even give two shits if somebody wants to do a glitter beer. Like, I think that that's kind I of... I think the glitter think, beer kind of freaks me out. I think it's kind of... I think it's, I think it's, you know, at the end of the day, this should still be fun, and we should still have fun with all of what this is, but um, it, I just, I can't... I can't seem to get a good picture of why it's happening and the uh, the amount that it is and why people have flocked to it so hard versus, you know, people were cranking out really great beers for a long time and craft beer just kind of chugged along slowly and yet you can you can release Lucky Charm IPA and people line up around the block to get their hands on it and that's well, strange to me. Well, it's still, I mean, it's a segment of a segment. I think um, you're talking about you, even these boring IPAs we're talking about still dominate the the craft beer market. I mean, you're not truth sure, sells sure, probably sure. more than every cereal beer ever made. Sure, you know. Um, but if they made as much cereal beer as they did truth, would it sell as no. much? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't that's know. The thing is, it's like it's, uh, that's the other thing is like these crazy assholes are never going to brew the Lucky Charms beer twice, so I got to get it now. <laughs> right. <You know? laughs> like, so it's it's definitely like the fear of missing out uh, is definitely a big driver. And again, you're talking about this is a segment that you know that we do uh, you know cater to occasionally, but I mean it's it's something that it's not a. I mean, if you're talking about the wider craft beer world, I mean, I think that it's definitely it stands out for sure. But I mean, like a Skittle beer is just not. <laughs> You just are not, it's not a very, it's not really the state of craft beer right now. Right. It's easy to point out. It's easy to laugh at, but it's, you know, you're, you're talking about. Well, and you, if you look at the, the bigger picture, just, mm-hmm. you know, we'll look at here in Cincinnati, you know, like, yes, there are those crazy, weird, trendy things that are happening. And it seems like that's what everybody's, you know, talking about and drinking. But then you look at, you know, the places that have opened up recently. You've got Rebel Metal downtown that focuses mm-hmm. on loggers. You know, Northern Row focuses on loggers. You know, you've got Braxton's 17th Taproom or whatever it is. And, uh, <laughs> and it, you know, they are a very, um, tri- I guess you can't really say that because of how much vibe they make. But, you know, they have a huge focus on traditional beer. And that's that's the stuff that they um, they kind of hang their hat on. I guess. maybe not though. I don't know. I'd have to ask them how they feel about that now. But um, so traditional things are a huge thing in our industry right now. But yeah. at the same time, like you just don't hear people talking about it the way they're talking about this other stuff. No, you're right. And I think sometimes also people can look at growth, and that can seem like well, it's going to continue like this forever. So we're only going to have. Uh, so if we have 15 uh, cereal beers today, then well, there's going to be 30 tomorrow, and there's going to be you know 300 by the end of the year. Like that's not usually how this goes. Usually, I think that 
what I just poured you right now, I mean, a New England, I, New England IPA, people thought that was going to be a trend. It obviously isn't. It really did change right. the industry. You really did see a shift towards later hop additions, towards, I mean, even now, your mainstream IPAs, people are coming out with it. It's going to have some haze to it. It's going to have a little bit of those... Um, I always get this wrong, I know, uh, but you know it's going to have that haze. It's going to have the little, little, you know, the, the floating hot particles, or whatever you call them. Um, it's going to have that in there, and uh, that is, you know, kind of the exception. Most of the time, I mean, people. How many times do we think, oh, pastries out new, the new uh, New England IPA or like <laughs> brewed, IP, brewed IPAs are going to be the uh, the next uh, the next hazy, and it just it it just it fizzles out. And I, I think honestly. Some of the I haven't even seen last time. Maybe I just aren't are on social media or just not following the right people anymore. But I have not seen a lot of those. Oh man, we just put a whole box of donuts in the the mash tun kind of kind of beer in a while. I've seen a little bit, but not not the way it was for a little bit there. It seemed mm-hmm. like everybody was trying to do that. Yeah, this I tried is, to get I tried to get Randy to uh, post a picture, being like, "We're putting barley in the mash tun." <laughs> <laughs> Like we're just putting it. <laughs> I, I love that. It's a, you know that would that would require them to uh, have some kind of really active, fun <laughs> social media presence, and I think Randy is just against that at this yeah, point. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, I, I think that yeah. I mean, I just haven't seen it. I mean, honestly, um, I think right. I mean, right now you are seeing a lot of uh, the cantification, the seltzerification of of craft beer. But I mean, on the other hand, I mean. We still, I mean, a lot of what we sell is still just hazy IPAs, and but and maybe it's just maybe it's still just new enough that it hasn't kind of eased into what it will be at some point. Maybe because um, I, I when we first started seeing New England IPAs or hazy, juicy, whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. when we first started seeing that trend happening. I didn't like a lot of them. I thought, and I still, you know, if it's if it's not done well i don't i don't enjoy it it just Mm kind of tastes big and heavy and like the overly you know hopped yeah (laughs) like i and i I don't i don't like it whereas you get other stuff that comes out like sub raw that um that is is really well done it it tastes good it still has some kind of balance to it it's a it's a good beer and so it it, it took some time for that to kind of happen for me to start to see those beers um come out Whereas, um, maybe we're still waiting on that from some of these, these candy beers or the pastry stouts or whatever they are. Maybe we just haven't really settled into that yet. I don't Um, know. I mean, I honestly, I mean, I don't know. We'll, we'll see about that. I mean, I think I'm actually, I know we have a, we have a cotton candy IPA from uh, untitled art coming very soon. Um, we have a, uh, a also from untitled art, we're going to have a, um, uh, they collaborated with the chocolate shop. So it's, uh, you know, there is some cantification going on, at least in, in that specific thing. We had a peanut butter stout uh, that we just came in uh, that was, um, you know, very, very much on the on the pastry side. Uh, we had, I mean, with Cellar Dweller, we had two cans that were literally candy wrappers. <laughs> um, the, uh, but on the, I mean, on the other hand, I mean, I don't know. I, I think a lot of the stuff we're getting in, uh, you do have, it's a little, it's a little bit sweeter. And, you know, again, we're very small, so we, we're, but we, again, we are a little bit more receptive to those kind of trends, uh, just because the nature of our breweries and our business. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I think it's, I think candy stuff, 
I, it's hard to say it's 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 going away because I mean it was, I think it was last Halloween was when we did our first yeah uh, uh, candy beer with uh, with cellar dweller, but we had maybe you know forty cases of that. I mean it's not. I mean you, it, it is kind of still a little bit of a drop in the bucket as far as what's what's out there. And I mean if, I, if I'm being honest, like and if you go to like a grocery store, I, I mean I feel like it kind of it's kind of boring you know <laughs> if you're like compared to like when we, if you're going to jungle gyms yeah. and you're going to tap room and stuff like that you're seeing all this cool stuff but i may still go on the shelves and it's just like it's just like oh you have an ipa you have a you have a light ale and you have a seasonal okay but most you know? most of what <clears throat> so most of what i drink is the boring stuff like that mm-hmm. that you know again air quotes because you guys can see on a podcast um <laughs> You know, I if I'm grabbing a beer just to sit and drink a beer, I I don't always want like a big giant cotton candy IPA or whatever. I don't want that big flavor. I just want to, I, not big flavor is probably not even the right word to put because I do want flavorful, but mm-hmm. I just want a beer. Whereas there are other times where if I'm sitting down and I'm hanging out with people and I want to you know kind of drink and talk about things and and, and experience something, then maybe I'll crack into a. Uh, Reese's cups out or whatever it is, you know, and that, I don't know, like it's it, almost different situations for me are, Oh yeah. when I'll lean into some of those beers. And, um, I, I think that most situations are still going to be for me, something that's a little more d- normal, Yeah, no, <laughs> but, I mean, but I don't know what normal is anymore. I, just, I, I was just, as a, as a, um, you know, if, you, well, if you're if you if we're saying that the uh, that the trend of craft beer is goofy ass beers, it's not being seen where a lot of right. people buy their beer. Well, like I can't imagine like tonight when I get home and I'm sitting on the couch watching a football game, I can't picture myself cracking into anything other than normal quote unquote mm-hmm. normal beer. Like right. I can't I can't picture myself drinking a big kind of candy stout or. Um, even something like a New England IPA, like that's not where I lean into those situations, and I can't. I just it doesn't. I don't know. Right. I mean, that's kind of my point. Like, I, I think that that's kind of still where most people are. Yeah. Is with you know more normal beer, and maybe uh, it's just the the maybe people are just louder about. <laughs> oh, for sure. It's Andy. the same thing. I mean, it's the same people complaining about pumpkin beers being too early, and like, right. oh, you put this, you know, you put cereal in the mash tun. Like, well, I didn't. You know, I will. I will go on on the record and say that uh, pumpkin beers is a whole different discussion, but mm-hmm. Oktoberfest beers, I don't care when you release it, I will drink it. It is my all-time favorite style of beer. I will drink it in February. I'll drink it in July. I'll drink it in December. It doesn't matter. There was actually a time I think I realized I drank Oktoberfest consecutively for six months. Like as far as I, I, it, I made it into, I mean, it might, it might, it might have been longer than that. <laughs> With how much Oktoberfest I've stashed around my house at this point, <laughs> that might happen to us this year. Well, I, it was when I was working for a company that uh, I guess I mentioned before, but we had uh, we had a lot of Oktoberfests, and so right when it comes out, I start drinking it, and then so in July, and then pretty much every month, you know, just it's stashed away, and then then like we start getting past the season, it's supposed to be there. You know, I had to start picking that stuff up, right. and it was like just in my fridge. I was like, "All right." Uh, <laughs> well, it was like <laughs> just that. Continued to to go, and like then you get stuff um, like uh, I don't know if you're I don't know if I should, I guess I could say this, but like the breaker pile, like where every all these damaged yeah. cases are. Yeah. So I just was like, I still like this stuff. It's still pretty good. Like the and some of the stuff actually still in code. Like, you know. So I mean, I was probably February, March when I finally <laughs> drank my last one. I, I, you know, you think of what I call the year of the pumpkin, which was probably like twenty. Was that 2017? 2016. 2016. It was 2015. 
uh, to 2016 was the year <laughs> that uh, the pumpkin bubble burst. <laughs> and, and you could and and because I spend so much time at Jungle Gems because mm-hmm. it's so close to my house, we get a lot of closeout beers there. Yeah. There's not a lot of places that do the closeouts like that. Jungle mm-hmm. Gems is definitely one of them. And you could buy, you know, dogfish. Oh, for, I, I couldn't believe you. I was gonna I for was like gonna, three dollars a six pack. It was one ninety nine. It was one ninety nine a four pack, I think. And uh, yeah. and I mean, like, I definitely think I drank that for consecutive twelve months <laughs> because yeah, of how that, much yeah. I bought. And, yeah, why not? <laughs> I, I, I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so that's well. I mean, I think that's what's funny. We're talking about seasonal creep, but you know, you had a not necessarily a. You definitely had a, a ramp up that finally could not um you know could not possibly be met like finally like okay well we have um maybe you know we did 600 cases last year well all right well before that we did 400 and then we did 200 the year before that so okay let's go for a thousand this year like well actually everyone thought that yeah and then (laughs) at least as many people were like this is the year we try the pumpkin and you had a lot of local breweries who were finally, yeah. you know, that had just been, frankly, eating a lot of these, tre- uh, eating the lunch at a lot of these traditional breweries that were like, well, that kind of needed that seasonal to kind of like, all right, well, you know what? They're beating us with the cool IPAs. Well, uh, yeah, Back when t- West Coast IPAs were cool. And like, at one time, yeah. you know, Rivertown was, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't remember what the numbers of how much Pumpkin made up of their business, but it was right. massive. Like, right. It was like a massive chunk of what they did all year round. And then. So it basically think about this. Okay, fine. Not only do uh, have we increase pumpkin every year, like everything else is decreased. Mm-hmm. So, like here we go, this is it. And then, I I, I know <laughs> I have a dollar figure that I can't tell you that I know <laughs> how much got picked up. It was a six figure do- dollar figure of a certain prominent, uh, not local, not local right. um, brewery um, for the state of Ohio. Um, it was left in January, February. That's crazy. It was uh, from from the, from one warehouse to another one, um, and that is why every brewery should also have a distillery where they can just take that and then distill it. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, the real no, wave of the future. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, that's I think then the year like the year after that. There was, beer is there was none. There was none because no one ever was too scared. There was no and pumpkin beer. It's what's funny is I mean, like I, we kind of I think we've kind of defended pumpkin beer drinkers, but I'll make fun of them a little bit. I feel like they're a little isolated from the rest of the craft beer world. Some in some cases, I mean, you said you like it, but a lot of times it's like that's like the only, especially like back then, like that was like the craft beer that like people would be like, all right, I'll oh, drink, yeah. you know, like, I'll get my pumpkin beer every year, and so I, I must have just. It must have been funny for those people who are just like, oh, what happened to all these pumpkin beers? There were so many last year, and now there's none. <laughs> I mean, the 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 like, actual sales in pumpkin didn't really go down that much the next year, but like none of them were out. Right. And it, it kind of has been creeping back up. I mean, this year has actually been pretty good for you know our pumpkin uh, with wooden cask. I uh, we ordered the same amount that we sold all last year for the initial order. Ripped through that. And then I gave them an insane number for a second batch. Um, and uh, we got a good amount of it. Uh, and that's all gone, too. So, Well, I haven't seen people um, shitting on pumpkin beer <coughs> online as I think they used to. Right. I think it used to be as soon as you started seeing them, there would be those people who would pop up, oh, I hate pumpkin beer. That's not beer. And like I don't see that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's just you know people it, saying it's it, too early. It's you know, Basically, now it's like a 
fucking traditional beer at this point. I mean, literally, it <laughs> that's, is. That's actually, like that, that's yeah. you know, because it's sitting on the shelf it next, to, is a next to a Skittle beer. IPA. <laughs> well, that's what people also don't really like. Uh, it's funny. Like, we talk about traditional beer, but like, you know, corn lagers are, you know, traditional, um, even though we make fun of, uh, you know, a certain very prominent uh, formerly domestic beer. Um for using that <laughs> well we 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 make fun of a lot of those big companies for the things they do and then we try to do it and call it craft i mean it, how many how many you know small craft breweries are cranking out american light lagers now because oh, yeah. people want to drink them like you know mm. we talk about tonight during bangles game you know you want to drink something light and easy to drink because you're gonna need to drink a lot yeah <laughs> What a um, game that was, <laughs> we listener. Need, we, yes. Oh, yeah. You know how that. You know how that, that outcome team was. Go zero and two, but <laughs> yeah. um, we need to drink another one because let's we are. Let's do it. Um, okay, we got we got two things. I can. Well, I mean, let's segue. We so, talked about seltzer. Yeah, let's, I can. Let's uh, let's give it a try. Because actually, this one's getting a little warm, so we don't want this to be too warm. Um, I don't know much about seltzer, it, but I think I know. It does that not it look like seltzer. I can tell you that. That's exactly right. Um, so this is a fourteen ninety nine six pack. Um, Ooh, I you know. Yeah. So I'm a big fan of a new podcast mm-hmm. um, called Shift Beers, right? Um, and uh, Josh, mm-hmm. I don't know if we're supposed to say where he works, but it's March first. <laughs> um, he uh, said that he picked up a fourteen ninety nine six pack of seltzer the other oh, day, yeah. and this must have been it. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, it, was, it was actually a fu- we had a, we had a funny exchange because oh, he uh, he had made a comment about that price, and I was like, well, there's a reason why. Uh, I mean, just looking at it, it's loaded with fruit, right? Well, yeah, because here's I mean here. Like I said, I don't want to compete with White Claw. Um, I don't think that that makes sense for us. And like I said, it's really hard to think of like a White Claw style. What what would even a craft version of that be? I don't even know what that would be. Because, I mean, frankly, you're not going to beat the manufacturing capacity of White Claw. I mean, I, the, and it's just it, they have a more sophisticated process to make White Claw like White Claw. Um, when we were originally looking around, and we talked to um, you know people who did not decide to make a seltzer because they felt that they couldn't really compete with the um, sophistication of the big guys. Right. Like they just it's too it's too tough to make. You can't make something that clean uh, on a craft beer system. Right. It's you know smaller than you know. However, I don't. I'm not a brewer, so I'm only just repeating what more knowledgeable people. Uh, have said but so that we kind of gave up on that but um untitled art is one of our best breweries uh they come from wanakee wisconsin they're uh, it's a partnership between funk factory and octopi octopi is a contract brewer and funk factory is a uh, a very uh, well-regarded uh, sour brewery they do a lot of collaborations they've done a couple with listerman they've uh i think that's the only ohio they did one with jack Yo's a long time ago um and they make a lot of fantastic beer among them very overfruited sours on the contract side mm-hmm. uh, you know urban artifact has been pretty open to say that that is where all of their contract stuff is being yes. brewed and that was the only place that they could find in the country that was contract brewing that they trusted to make their stuff yeah. and that would do it the way that they wanted it done so that should say something about I what mean, they're doing an internationally renowned brewery uh that happens to do a lot of contract work and then this is their kind of quote-unquote side project but i mean it's a they you know it's a it's a pretty well-regarded side project as well so i mean this is this is something that we've you know really been very lucky to get as one of the first um 
you know, really big breweries that we got. And uh, it's a, uh, so anyway, all that to say, I picked up maybe like 20, and they told me, oh, we got a seltzer. I'm like, all right, okay, we'll, we'll give it a shot. And I mean, what, how would you describe that, uh, the, what you're drinking right now? How would I describe it? Looking at it or tasting it? Because it's two very different experiences for me. <laughs> let's 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 start with uh, just visually. You, it looks like a heavily fruited um, sour wood. Like it's like a, it is. You, I mean, it is like fruit juice in the glass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it looks like a glass of um, some kind of juice. So it's kind um, of like a dark uh, reddish. I mean, it kind of looks a little, kind little of orangish, brown, yeah. orangish, brownish, orangish, brownish, red, yeah. something. I mean, it looks like like somebody took and squeezed some kind of. It looks like, it looks like a V eight is what it looks like. Yeah, but you taste it, and it's super light and refreshing and easy drinking. It's, I mean, it's good. Mm-hmm. It's strange. It confuses me, <laughs> <laughs> but man, it's it does. It tastes good. So I think that the but it's yeah. but it leans into like a real fruit flavor which i think um, i don't know i don't know what seltzer drinkers want i don't know if they like the artificialness of something like white claw where they taste it and it tastes like that familiar skittles flavor that they're used to like that fakeness is that what makes seltzer what well like so much like people I mean, want ultra uh is probably the best analog to like white claw i would say so this would be so just like untitled arts beer is uh, uh, more flavorful, more expensive, more, you know, kind of, you know, you can look at the ratings on Untapped. You can, you can look where the, what festivals they're, you know, getting invited to, where they are, you know, what's, what's a festival. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, if you're looking at like, I mean, they're, they're, they're you know, they're, they're, they're going to Copenhagen. They're going to doing stuff before COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is, you know, just like that's an upgrade from Michelob Ultra. Like this is an upgrade from White Claw. It's, you're not going to compete with them on price. It's not in a slim can. Um, it's still only 116 calories, but it's not 100 calories. Um, I don't know what the car- how many carbs are in it. Um, it's but not it's really not bad. It's just it's probably fruit. not that bad. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, you you don't have that's not on the can, so it's yeah. not it's not something that you're going to be able to, you know, get a bucket of. It's not something that you're going to be able to have, uh, you know. I don't see a lot of these cans. I live in Xavier. I don't see a lot, of, or near Xavier. I live in Norwood. Um, I don't see a lot of those cans discarded in people's yards. Um, so this is it's just it's a it's a a little bit more of a grown up uh, uh, drink, I guess would be. But it still offers a lot of what people want, and I think frankly, it's a great way for people who have been fairly seltzer skeptic. Um, you know, it, it, for for untitled art drinkers, it's their seltzer. You know, yeah. It's but it's it, to me, it's not. It's it's a different category than the other kind of seltzer stuff that's out there. It's not White Claw. Yeah. It's not even in that category. I mean, it it definitely finishes a little bit lighter and a little bit cleaner than, than a beer would. But, um, like, th- that first, you know, sip, it's all fruit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's not that far off from um, a lot of the fruited beers that you would get, but then it quickly changes. The yeah. End. And it's, it's, that's it's fun. exactly right. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think that's what's been neat, honestly. Like I said, I was, I am a seltzer skeptic, uh, at least as far as how it fits into my little world. But uh, they definitely, we we ordered a shitload of this stuff now. <laughs> we uh, and it, I mean, a lot of it's gone. We we have very little of that left too. It's um, good. I you know, like a lot of seltzers, I find myself wanting to put like a over ice with mm, like a really shot of rum or something in it too. Like it just it tastes like it's like the start of a cocktail to me. It doesn't 
taste like it's um doesn't taste like it's done to me i guess it's no, like i want to i want to do some more to it like i want to I, I i see what you mean I, it just especially with seltzers broadly I, I think that uh um it is people always for a while i mean white claw has been around for a long time um and a lot of times i think it, 2013 it, or something was when it was i first. heard it like it was like 2000 i mean like i've i it wasn't in ohio um but i heard like in like it was like first developed like 2007 or 8 that's and, like, and that's possible and then like it it finally like just like i saw it in i think i saw it in kroger sets i think it was honestly 2015 was probably when it started coming around maybe 2000 i don't know maybe it, was, it could have been but it could have been 2013 i think you're, you're i i will have like a uh, pretty in-depth seltzer show of some kind coming in the near future i think it's going to be on youtube though i think yeah but all that's to say is like i the, wish i brought people my were list skeptical of seltzers of it because that like, this is why do i want the easiest cocktail to make in a can <laughs> right well that's i think that's also been some of my confusion mm-hmm. with it like if you're a brewery that mm-hmm. does sell liquor and things like that like and you've got a soda gun behind your bar mm-hmm. and you've got vodka sitting right there like why the hell are you making a seltzer and like just if somebody orders it be like oh yeah i can do that you know and then you know there you go your seltzer uh, but then this is something that's a little bit different i yeah i don't know it's it's we live in a weird world is all I can say. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely the case. Um, I mean, yeah, I, again, I can't, I, I really feel like I, I might've been a little critical of, I, I, I have zero problem with anyone putting seltzer, making their own seltzer. Are you trying to there. backtrack right now? I'm not trying to backtrack. I'm, well, I mean, I, I think that, I mean, I'm not going to fucking, if you want to fucking put it in a can and try and sell it to me, it's not going to happen. But I mean, if you want to, if you want to sell it in your own tap room, I think that's, uh, I mean, that's if fine. it's, yeah. I, I, I used to agree with that. At the same really? time, though, if you put me in a tap room right now, put me, um, obviously, with a driver, you put me a few beers in, mm-hmm. um, I'm getting a, a little bit chatty, and you hand me a uh, glass of, like, this Vive Pumpkin Spice mm-hmm. seltzer or something like this, something that's just different that makes me um, want to try it. Like, hell yeah, I'll try it. Like, I, I'm a drinker. Like, I, yeah. I, I like to try things that are new and that are exciting and that are different than what other people are doing. And right. I, 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 don't, I, I don't care if that is a seltzer, but if you put me in that same tap room and say, hey, have you tried our lime seltzer? <laughs> like, no, no, no thanks. Like I'll, I'll try whatever that next beer is that I haven't yeah. tried, but, but something like this or like a pumpkin spice or whatever it is that, mm-hmm. that these people are doing that are different. Like I'm, I'm okay with that. I, you know, you can still be creative with a seltzer. Yeah, I, I I think that's definitely the case, especially if you're able to get, um, you know, the quality of fruit ingredients and uh, you know the kind of if you're if you're if you're able to make you know stuff that uh, is rated very highly on Untapped uh, with when it's a fruit beer, I think you can probably do the same thing. Frankly, a little bit easier, um, you know, to kind of uh, to add that fruit to a little bit uh, a simpler base. Um, yeah, this this smells great. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, and they're also. I mean, they. I mean, it does. I mean, it does have incredibly high ratings on on uh, that wonderful website. Yeah, that one. Do people <laughs> still use that? <laughs> <laughs> we should drink this last one as we wrap up. Let's do it. Another Halloween themed beer. Um, our uh, Johnny has joined us. You guys can't see unless you're uh, watching the the secret video feed that we have. <laughs> but uh, this is one of his favorite beers. And uh, it's actually in a bottle, which is a tease, and we'll talk about that in a second. I think we uh, might have 
tease that a little no nope that was the show we lost so oh, i did no. recently um a show down at darkness with eric mm-hmm. and we talked about a lot of stuff and it was a really fun show and then <laughs> lost the show because i'm an idiot mm-hmm. and then had to try to recreate the excitement of that show the next day on the phone and i think live we talked about this beer and it being in bottles a lot and then the next day we didn't even mention it as far oh, as no. <laughs> So this is Mayan Sacrifice from Darkness Brewing. Um, not made with actual Mayans. Not made with actual Mayans. Uh, it is an imperial golden milk stout with uh, caramel coffee, ancho, and pasilla chili peppers, and uh, maverick chocolate. Uh, it is golden in color. It does taste uh, like a stout. It is a little bit, you get a little bit of sweetness from the milk sugar. You don't get any heat. There is a little bit of spice. Um and I think that, uh, you know, I have, this is my first uh, time opening one of these bottles, actually. Uh, I wonder um, what you guys think about the, uh, you know, the, the chili pepper in that. I think because I think they just, you know, bottled it straight off the uh, fermenter. So it's the same stuff they put in the. Yeah, I don't get any heat at all off of it. It is big, rounded chocolate deliciousness, man. That mm-hmm. is such a good beer. Such a good beer. It, uh, Johnny still likes it. Still. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is uh, golden stouts or however we're classifying these, I think is, um, it was one of those beers that the first time, one of those styles, that the first time I saw one, I was like, this is, this is ridiculous. It's, you know, kind of a, um, just a trendy thing that people are doing to be different. Mm-hmm. And I have completely changed my opinion on it in the last, I don't know, two ish years maybe yeah um after trying beers like this that kind of shift what people think um something is when they when they look at it you know and uh, you know we we've talked about it on the show with like um schwarz beer and, and things like that also where it's a dark beer that is light and easy drinking and um i i love this i love i this is actually our number one overall the half barrels of this is our number one overall skew period yeah, I, I, but, but I should say it's because it, we have it year round, and um, it pretty we pretty much don't really sell it uh, anymore. It just we can only get enough for the accounts that know about it, <laughs> and it just I mean Jungle Jim's rips through like a half barrel of this a week, which is completely crazy uh, when you think that it's uh, a um, you know a, what a, like eight eight or nine percent alcohol. Uh, that's weird. We, the weirdest thing possible, but it, not it, surprising for Jungle Jones. You talk about how it's, um, but I mean, like it's you know, it's it's pretty good for any beer. Honestly, it's, but it's also yeah. it's it's funny when you see places like that that are in Cincinnati terms on the opposite end of the universe from mm-hmm. where darkness is. Yeah, and you walk into darkness, and it's a very local oriented kind of tap room. Like it's not big. There's nothing flashy about it. It's 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 a it's a local neighborhood kind of spot, mm-hmm. and then you see things like this that they put out that kind of start to spread out a little bit, and that people hear about and people fall in love with, and it kind of changes. It's this whole other side of the brewery, I guess. Darkness is, I think, one of the most unique taproom experiences uh, that you can have, at least as far as it relates to in Cincinnati. I mean, they really are a it's almost like a dive brewery i yeah, don't know if yeah. i've said that before but it's um it really is this neighborhood bar that happens to be a brewery uh and you know i mean they're they're built for it you know they're they're a very small brewery so they don't have to 
uh, really do much more. We were super lucky they that still, they agreed to to <laughs> send their beer over the river. Well, they still also kind of have this uh, this little bit of a, an fu attitude yes. about all of it, and I'm, I'm sure mm-hmm. you probably get a little bit of that more than than the rest of us do. It's I'm oh, sure honestly, that they're, they're you would like nice, a lot yeah. more of this beer than they're willing to. <laughs> It's tough. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're uh, we're waiting. We don't have any of it. Like, I think it's funny. Like, all the all the, beer, all the beer we've given you, we actually were like, shit, we need more of that. So. Uh, <laughs> because this is uh, we're completely out of this, uh, and uh, we we won't get any more until next week. Um, but, and we we won't get it in bottles for a while. I don't know if you noticed this. But, there's no UPC on this. Yeah, so it's well, a was, we, I bought this. It was a little bit of an oversight on their part, my, from what I understand. Yeah, I, well, it's just you know, I bought this with a credit card in their tap room and i just brought it back here like it wasn't <laughs> like i you know because they didn't have much i didn't want to like just take them like you guys, right you know you're selling them so I'll, I'll buy one but like i couldn't this isn't like something we have in our cooler this is this is the only one but I, they did go through the uh the trouble of making an actual label this time no, for a cool. beer so yeah. clearly there is some thought going into um this longer term to uh, be something that they want people to be able to try even if they might live in Ohio and other no, places. No, this would, this would totally crush it. I mean, people, um, I mean, the, the label is definitely eye-catching. <laughs> and, you know, just the, the amount of success that this, be- the velocity that this beer has, given that we basically only send it to like three or four accounts, um, is, uh, I mean, it's, it's enormous. And uh, I, I greedily want uh, so much more of it. <laughs> Um, because I mean, I think, I think what's cool about it too, is it's a weird ass beer. We keep talking about different beers like, Oh, you know, it's like, we got to buy this beer because it's only going to be there once. Like there has to be the same person has been drinking this beer at jungle gym since 2018 has to be that the same people are keeping that beer on. We can't take it off. Um, and that's, uh, in this road, you know, with the rotation nation, I think it's really a testament to, I mean, just the. I always hate this term, but sometimes it applies like just the liquid really must resonate with people because it's, uh, you know, there, you could be, you could have any beer in the world at jungle gyms and people want this one. How do you, it's probably not really a question for you as versus some of the people that make it, but Mm -hmm. how do you, how do you do that? Like, what is that secret to create something that does resonate with people? Um, this started out as Mayan latte. It was a little bit lower ABV and then they kicked it up a notch to Mayan sacrifice. And, um, I think it just is listening to people and they just listened and, and the relationship that they have with their regulars there. I mean, when we go to festivals, it's just, I mean, again, water festivals, but, um, when we, I mean, like they have like the most fans, like it's people in darkness gear, in line <laughs> to drink darkness. And I'm just like, what the hell? Like, this is a three-barrel uh, tap room, you know? Like, it's, right. it's, and these people are lined up, uh, just ready, like, oh, I'm here to enjoy my darkness in my darkness shirt at the darkness booth. And, like, they, you but know. Is it something that you can, like, that you can figure out what that thing is about them that made that happen? Or is it just catching lightning in a bottle and just sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't? Um, well, what is it about I, I mean, them or this beer or something that, that makes that be that thing for people um i i think i mean part of it is that you know every single person at darkness is phenomenal they they're super nice um the tap room has a ton of character i mean you it is 
And you the, cannot the artwork in there. Artwork. <laughs> oh, it's just artwork. They always have the weirdest movies playing yeah. too, which I love. Like, and just like sometimes it's just like really like inappropriate to have on, like just like in a tap room. It's just like it's just like people like getting like mauled by some weird alien. You're just like, what the hell? You know, it's just it's it's really it's just kind of their their like hangout. And uh, and I mean, I think that I mean again, you're you're talking about, you know, Eric is just. He, I mean, he's probably brewed more than most brewers out there because he's got a three-barrel system, so he has to brew all the time. And uh, I mean, they got—they usually have at least one or two other people working there. Um, it's been a while since I've been there, so I don't—I can't remember who, who's there now. But um, uh, it just has to do with—you know—they've been able to just dial that stuff in for their direct customers, and it just happens to be—it's just kind of like one of those old stories where, you know, the, the beer in the tap room that everyone liked turned out to be really successful. And, um, you know, I mean, still, it's not like they're like, oh, yeah, now we got it on the shelves at Walmart. But um, <laughs> it's a, you know, it definitely is a, a feel-good story where they just were, you just had a guy who was, uh, you know, two guys who were homebrewing and they just made, uh, you know, put cobbled stuff together. It was, and, you just want to create a space that is the space that we want to go to. Yes. <laughs> like, and and I, I just it, think it's, it's nice because you feel a, I mean... You can definitely go into tap rooms that have fantastic beer and pretty good design and, and pretty like have a good time. But you're kind of like you know this kind of feels like I could be anywhere. Yeah. You know, like I you, could be. You, you could get like that a lot. You like if you have to look at the glass, like where am I? Okay, <laughs> you know, it's. Uh, I think with darkness, you don't have to do that. No, you definitely don't. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I, I, I think uh, I'm glad we got to talk about those guys because it. I mean, it is tough because I mean they don't they don't have uh, packaged beer, so I think that. If you haven't, uh, if you haven't had a darkness beer, definitely do that. Um, get down there. That's the, yeah. like, it, g- get down there and, and and really like get a picture of who they are, and then you will you will be a fan for a very long time. And you you know when you see it on tap somewhere, like it does make you excited that you saw it. That it oh my god, that's cool! You mm-hmm. guys have a darkness to happen, and then you'll drink it there. But um, you know, darkness is just it's a very unique spot, and they have a big covered patio now. They have food now. Um, it's just, it's a great place to hang out. And if you want to know more, go just, you know, get on the website, the gnarly gnome.com and just search for darkness. And there's all kinds of fun stuff on there. Or, or check the show notes. I'll put the link. Yeah, in there. <laughs> probably won't be in there. That's, we're too far. There's too many links to remember yeah. at this point. Um, I think all I remember is nothing. I don't remember anything. I'm supposed to link in there. I have well, to I think listen, the have to listen back and, to the yeah. whole show now to, to make notes of all the things I was supposed to put in the show notes. Uh, what do you want people to know about Adina that you think they don't know? Oh, shoot. Um, I meant to, we're, um, we got a festival coming up with uh, BCs. Oh, we're yes. We're bringing, where this is actually. Flavortown. Like, or Flavortown, yeah. yeah. So we're actually bringing some pretty cool breweries in for that. Um, so that's going to be, that's going to be pretty neat. Um, I'm pretty excited to see uh, how that's received. Reminds um, me, I'm supposed to make a phone call about that. We're supposed to have a discussion about some things. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little far behind on my schedule of everything. <laughs> <laughs> there is a ton of fun stuff happening in the city, and um, you need to just get out and experience all of it. And drink. Just just get out and, and, and drink. It doesn't always have to be local beer. If you want to drink Untitled Art and you want to drink seltzer, and you want, it's okay. Like, nobody's going to get upset about that. Um, just be gnarly and drink good. Since you broadcast the voices, it's a craft. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>